Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, co-centric, talk about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, do it big, like lines for an offense, co-centric, don't take off. Welcome back to another Stampede Blue Colts cast, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host Matt Danley, thank you guys for coming back to the show. Uh, been off for about a week, wanted to decompress a little bit, uh, get my mind off of everything except just, you know, uh, stress-free football that we're all witnessing here on the weekends as the playoffs continue through. Um, some re- some really good games, some, uh, some poopers too, but, you know, I, I think that we've got a pretty exciting uh, championship weekend uh, to all look forward to. I mean, the Titans – facing off heading to Kansas City I think that's a a much better matchup than I think a lot of people would suggest Uh, I told you guys when I started when I was picking the uh, wild card round that I really wanted to pick Tennessee I was not expecting them to house the Baltimore Ravens in their own place Uh, that was quite a bit of surprise to me but they're here and now they're in the AFC championship game Uh, NFC on the other hand you know you've got San Francisco I think a lot of people probably thought that San Francisco would be there. I don't think a lot of people actually picked Green Bay to be there, but the another good game. I think that's going to be a much better game even than people suggest as well. I think that uh, most people are probably looking at San Francisco as being the, the, the clear front runner in that one, but I think we've got a good weekend ahead of us uh, to see who's going to the Super Bowl. Um, just uh, good football. I mean, we've seen a lot of good football. We've seen a couple of blowouts. I mean, the Texans have to be just beside themselves, especially Texans fans after watching them take that lead on Kansas city and just get smoked the rest of the game. <laughs> uh, that would see, that's something that we would have expected. I think from the Titans, I don't even know if we would have expected them to get a 24 point lead, but it is what it is. AFC South representing pretty decently in the, uh, in the playoffs this year. So, you know, it was kind of funny as, as these games were going on, uh, when, t- when uh, Houston had the lead after Tennessee, you know, had beaten Baltimore, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, man, maybe the Colts even is, is kind of weak as we see uh, what the, how the Colts finished the season. Had they entered the playoffs, man, could they have done anything? You know, maybe they could have. You know, I don't know. Maybe the AFC South is a lot more competitive and a lot more interesting than I think uh, nationally people give it credit for. So uh, I thought it was uh, something that just happened across my mind. Then I thought, nah, we don't have a quarterback. So uh, anyways, uh, moving on to the Colts. A uh, little bit of Colts news before we get on to I want to discuss some free agency. I want to talk a little bit about the guys uh, that I may or may not see extensions being given to a year early. Uh, just a little, just some round talk, you know what I mean? I just want to get into a little bit of Colts news because there's really just nothing that, uh, that we can do right now other than talk free agency. Uh, draft is three months away. Don't want to, you know, shoot the load on that already because we've got a long time to talk about that before anything actually happens or before anything actually gets done with that, before things are real, people are going to rise and fall and positions of need are going to change occasionally, all that good stuff. So we've got plenty of time to talk about all that, but I did want to touch on some free agency a little bit, uh, nothing too in-depth, but just kind of get some of the things out there that uh, you guys need need to know about. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the athletic, uh, uh, Stephen Holder put up a piece about Quincy Wilson, about how he felt that, uh, you know, he thought that his, you know, he, he was kind of robbed of his progression 
in 2019. He was a guy, now if you guys remember back to the beginning of the season, Quincy Wilson to me was playing pretty decent football. He he seems to always have these situations where he turns his back to the ball and somebody makes either an excellent catch or just you know a random catch. I mean, it doesn't have to be the best catch in the world, but Quincy just, he's fighting his own demons, I think, at this point. Um, the dude is uber talented. I mean, I, I still, I, I've kind of been a supporter of Quincy's ever since he was drafted. Uh, I liked him when a lot of people didn't like him at all last year, but he did talk about how Mike Mitchell kept him, you know, gave him some, some encouragement, taught him a lot last season. And we talked about Chris Ballard, how he said that some of those veterans, you know, maybe he thought that, uh, they weren't as important as, as what they actually would have been this year to have kept them around. Mike Mitchell maybe may have been critical, you know, to a guy like Quincy Wilson's development, even this year, having him in-house and another guy to talk to. But I would presume whether or not he was in-house that Quincy and him have exchanged numbers. Quincy could talk to him. Those two could have worked out together. They should have if Quincy really wanted to get better, you know, those kind of things. So um, uh, – I am up in the air a little bit on what I think if Quincy will be around next year, but I think, man, the guy has so much talent. He was passed up by a bunch of different guys though this year when talking about working in the nickel, working as the, you know, kind of that neck, that box safety in coverage and, you know, even by Roland Milligan for God's sakes. But yeah, I can't really explain that. I don't know really where the disconnect is between the two. Maybe it's, maybe they just feel like he's just not grasping it. Uh, or, you know, maybe they just simply just don't think that he's good enough. I don't, I don't know what the case is in that, but Quincy Wilson's, uh, a, to me, one of the guys I'm going to be keeping an eye on this off season and, and seeing kind of if there's anything that we hear from Ballard, what, what they do in free agency, you know, do they add a significant amount of coverage options in the secondary, uh, that may make Quincy Wilson coming back redundant, you know, I don't know. So uh, Quincy, obviously, like I said, feels robbed about it. Felt like he was, you know, kind of getting everything together this year and then it just didn't get much play time, was inactive a ton. And, uh, you know, I, I sometimes I think that's kind of on him because I don't, you know, there have been talks about his uh, uh, work ethic being questioned, some of that other, you know, stuff like that that I can't say for myself, but that doesn't mean that it's not true or you know well, untrue it's just it's one of those things that you constantly not constantly but you would hear occasionally uh, even in training camp or you would hear kind of leak out throughout the year that they're just not in love with his his work ethic but you don't know whether that's accurate or not um but you know the Colts have a lot of this kind of stuff to do a lot of guys coming up for free agency in the next couple years that they're really going to have to kind of parse through and figure out do they have enough that they're going to bring in through free agency, through the draft, to where they can supplement getting rid of some guys that have been the homegrown guys Chris Ballard has wanted to draft and that has, he has drafted. Can they re-sign those guys, get them to a second contract? Because ultimately it's great, you know, uh, it's great lip service to say, you know, we want to sign our own guys, we want to sign our own, re-sign our own, all that good stuff. But if you don't re-sign them, then you're kind of just leaving the bag open to say you're not a good uh, drafter. You're just not good in the in the draft portion uh, of this situation. So that I, I I don't have an opinion on that. I'm just simply stating you know the the what the end result ultimately means about the previous situations and decisions. Uh, to be perfectly honest, so um, let's get into a little bit of free agency here. Obviously, the Colts have a ton of guys that weren't major participants throughout uh throughout the season I'm not going to really mess with those uh we'll talk about some of the more important guys uh that I see um you know possibly getting re-signed where the Colts look on the depth chart so on and so forth with with each position uh and, and to find out their need we'll also look around the NFL a little bit and, and kind of see some of the the free agent options at these positions and, and kind of see you know, what, what's, what's available? Is there anything worth getting? Uh, can the Colts, Colts afford not to re-sign some of these guys uh, with those uh, situations at hand? So um, first and foremost, we'll start with uh, Anthony Costanzo. Obviously, he's a big one that the Colts need to uh, figure out because he might actually retire. Uh, 
Um, if he doesn't retire, it's he's a no-brainer. You re-sign that guy. You you talk to him realistically about how many years does he really want to be in the league. You know, if it's another year, say, hey, I'll give you guys another year, and, you know, that's about it. Then the Colts still need to draft a tackle this year. They need to find their – or – uh, free agency. You know, they need to do something to supplement the loss, the eventual and uh, co- coming loss of Anthony Costanzo, one way or another. If he's already thinking about retirement, folks, he's not sticking around for five more years. That's just not going to happen. You've got one year, maybe two, in my opinion, left of Anthony Costanzo, which is a real shame, but the Colts have to plan accordingly. They've got to make sure that they've got things going in the right direction now. If he's only going to stay one more year, even if he's only going to stay two, you need to look at a guy, realistically, young free agent that you feel you can develop or a brand new guy that you can get out of the draft that you feel you can develop that has that potential to be the number one left tackle on your team. The Raven Clark is not it. We know that. Everybody knows that. He is sticking around because he's super athletic. He has played tackle. He has played guard. Um, He's not real I mean, he's not real diverse, diverse, jeez, uh, diverse. Uh, he he can play guard. He's not great. He can play tackle. He's not great. But like I said, he's got that real athleticism from a, from an offensive lineman standpoint that you want to you know see that you can keep a guy like that around if you feel like he's developing at all. Uh, Anthony Costanzo right now is a guy that the Colts can't afford to lose. But guess what? They're gonna lose him within a year maybe two at the very most, in my opinion. And uh, the Colts really have to, you know, regardless. Yes, you need him now. Yes, you resign him right now. If he says he's going to play, you still also actively have to go in and make sure that you have the answer to losing Anthony Costanzo right now as well, whether it's through free agency or the draft. Okay, moving on uh, to a couple other guys. Uh, obviously, the Colts wide receiver, uh Depth is not great. Um, one, I mean, yes, the Colts had some injuries. Uh, Devin Funches, obviously, you know, gave him $10 million to do nothing all year, really play a half a game. Uh, you've got him and Chester Rogers, Dontrell Inman, all unrestricted free agents. Um, not even really going to mention Dontrell Inman because I don't think that's an option. I don't think that they care much about him at all at this point. But you've got Chester Rogers, who's kind of been that stay guy who who just sticks around at the bottom of the roster, has a few catches a year, doesn't really do much, um, you know, does some special teams work, but at the same time, does he make an impact? And can you replace him with another guy who is either making as minimal impact or a little bit more than him? And I think you can. I think you can pretty simple, honestly, pretty easily. I think Chester Rogers is a great guy for their locker room. Um, I just don't think that he does enough. And at that position, look, you need leaders. I understand. You've got T.Y. Hilton. I think T.Y. showing his frustrations with not only the, the way that the passing game went this year, but with his own injuries, all that stuff. He's a guy that you can rely on, in my opinion, to open his mouth a little bit more be a little more vocal than what we had probably seen him do before. I think you've got Zach Pascal on the rise for real this year. He's exclusive rights uh, this year to uh, to just kind of put that out there. But I just don't think that that's an issue. The Colts are not going to let him go. He definitely showed too much growth for the Colts to even consider him going. You've got Chad Williams. You've got Marcus Johnson. Uh, similar guys. I think these guys have been in the league long enough to where – Um, they're, you know, either going to make, they're either going to hang around or they're not, they're kind of the bottom feeders in the roster. I think Marcus Johnson proved that he could play some football. He might be the fifth or sixth receiver, depending on how many they keep on the 53 man roster. And he may not, but I think those guys, all three of them, Johnson and Pascal, especially are far more important in my opinion than Chester Rogers. Not only that, but we're going to get into this too because I think you've got Ashton Duell in there that the Colts love on special teams. He's a real player, and I think you've got an opportunity here at 6'1", 215 to where this guy can actually develop into a receiver. He's a hard-working dude, and he's a good-working. You, you talk to the Colts receivers coaches, and they love him. They love him. He's not that big playmaker, but we started to see him get some snaps this year. I think he sticks around, and I think that he gets – 
you know, I think he gets real consideration for the bottom of the roster uh, at that position. And I think that he probably makes it without question now that I'm thinking about it just because of his special teams prowess. He, he was excellent on special teams and coverage. Uh, they loved him. And I think he sticks around again. You're not going to sit there and say, no, we're going to hang on to this receiver because he's only good at special teams, but you, he's young. He's fast. He's got some size. He's, he's a good route runner for what he's in. He doesn't do a lot because a lot of what they used him for were tunnel screens and such this year, but he is a guy that's going to hang around in my opinion. And you can't have too many hanger arounders. Okay. Chester Rogers is one that has clear limitations in speed. He's not a big dude uh, in height or weight. I mean, he, I think he's what, 5'10", 5'11", something like that realistically. Um, but he, he's just not, he's not a guy that you're going to keep around. Uh, I'm not keeping him. Devin Funches, getting into talking about him. What, what does he actually do for the team? Now, a lot of people will say, man, you need a guy that's, that's young, mid-20s, uh, got that size, what he can do in this offense. That's great. But you know what? Not every offense has that great big wide receiver that could basically double as a tight end. And the the reality of it, if he you have to assess his health, number one. Um, is he able? And, and there was to me it was weird the way that they were dealing with him on IR. They kept talking about, you know, we're gonna get him back into practice and all this stuff. Um, they acted as if they thought he was at least close. They didn't make a decision on him until the very last moment. But Coach Reich said you know, basically when they ended up, you know, just saying he's not coming back, they acted like he was never close. So I don't understand why the move didn't come earlier. Um, that to me is weird. I don't know. It made me wonder if Funches just gave up in terms of his, his uh, presuming that he could come back this past year uh, or what. But I don't honestly, and this is just total speculation, I don't think that they think he in terms of work ethic and wanting to come back from injury. Now this is and toughness, all that good stuff, you know, all the stuff that we shouldn't really criticize a guy for because if he's hurt, man, he's hurt. But I'm just saying, I just don't know if him and the Colts are on the same page in that regard. That's all I'm saying. I think there are other guys out there, six, two, six, three, that can give you enough. Uh, especially if you're talking about, you know, a couple specific guys in the wide receiver free agency class. There's not a lot. Um, there's a couple of them that, you know, possibly if a couple of them get re-signed, the, the field for wide receivers drastically just reduces to puddles. So we'll have to see how that all goes. They may bring him in just as another test run, you know, and say, Hey, we're just not giving you that kind of money. Uh, but we will give you another shot if you want to stick around. I don't know. I just don't personally, I don't see it. Um, without all the knowledge on the Devin Funches situation, I would probably say you move on because I think that the wide receiver core in the draft is pretty impressive. I think there's some guys in here that can come in and you're looking to make these guys better. I mean, and I don't know that Devin Funchess actually does a whole lot to make this team better. Yes, he gives you that big underneath option, everything that we thought that he would do for uh, Frank Reich's offense. But like I said, not every team does that. And you know what? Some successful receiving cores don't have a 6'4", 6'5", receiver doing that for them every time. They've just got tough guys who want to run the routes who can play ball. And I, I'm personally, I'm out on Devin Funches. That's just, I mean, it, it seems quick. But look, if you're looking to get these guys uh, to the next level, um, I, I personally think that he kind of stunts the growth. Uh, just the way that... You know, he and Jacoby had issues. A lot of Carolina Panthers fans were talking about he's a bum in terms of that. So that's something that is, he's going to fight with whoever his quarterback is. Uh, what kind of teammate is he? Is he a guy who sits there and rah-rahs on the rest of his receiving core? I don't know. It doesn't sound like it to me. But I don't, I, I don't want to speak from knowledge on that, uh, just speculation. And that, to me, from what I've known that I've heard, I'm out on him. That's just the way it is. Uh, so let's move on. Ebron's out, not wasting another breath on him. Uh, Vinatieri, I get rid of him. I, I just he's, he's done. I'm not doing that anymore. That's ridiculous. That's an unneeded storyline for the rest of the season uh, or for next season. It's totally uh, moot. Uh, he, he's, he's done, guys. You know, get over it. Uh, Jabal Sheard, this is a guy that, you know, kind of when they were talking about when Chris Ballard was talking about Jabal Sheard at his end of uh, season press conference, to me, it came off as if he was gone. 
because he's like, I don't know what the future holds for him, whether he's here or not. Um, but you know, he, we appreciate everything he's done for the Colts and he's a great teammate. You talk, you, you talk to the team, you talk to the coaches, everybody loves him. So there's nothing like that, but he, it just sounded to me like Chris Bauer was going to move on from him. Also something that Chris Bauer said though, in his end of press conference was the fact that he missed and that the roster missed guys like Mike Mitchell, guys like Al Woods, those veteran leaders who not only talked and, and led by example, but by mouth and helped this team grow. And I think that now you're at a standstill again, right? At the end of the press conference, I'm like, oh, he's gone. But then I started thinking about that as well. And that side of it kind of rings true for Jabal Sheard. The, the defensive end core hasn't rounded into shape yet. Does he restrict the Colts from adding another potential stud? If they feel he does, maybe they move on from him. But look, free agency, folks, is before the draft. So this is a really hard – I mean, do they what, do they think that Banigou – do they think that, you know – I mean, do they think that all these guys that they've got right now – you know, Justin Houston has another year. You know, obviously they've got some injuries coming back. I, I don't know. I, I think that seems like a Al-Kadim Muhammad, you know, all that stuff. I don't know. I don't know. That's This is one that I just don't know. I started speculating on it last year for the 2019 season, whether they'd bring him back or not. And I was, you know, kind of people thought it was silly, you know, that I even speculated on it. Um, but, you know, he wasn't a big contributor in terms of sacks you know the big stat line numbers however Jabal Sheard is good against the run he does help you on early downs he can rush the passer uh he seems to get better as the season goes or, or more effective I guess as the season progresses in rushing the passer we don't I didn't recall seeing a lot of him in the first half of the season uh being an effective pass rusher but uh, this is one that you know I think is going to probably come up to the last minute. I think that there's going to be a lot of talks. If they feel they can get him for another year, if he wants to stick around, maybe they'll do it. Um, if the if the decision is mine right now, uh, I I think that I, you know, <laughs> see, I can't even do it. I'm on a podcast. Can't even make my own mind up while I'm doing this. It, it's, it's, a, it's going to be a difficult decision, folks. That's a hard one for me. Uh, I think that you could give him another year. I would give him another year probably uh, if he wanted to stick around. He was really adamant about wanting to stick around. But if he was on the fence, I'd let him go. We'll put it that way. Um, and I'll just I'll go ahead and just make a decision. I'm going to let him go. I'm going to let Jabal Sheard go. I think that you've got some guys that you can move into this defensive end position here. Probably not as adapt uh, against the run, but good enough. I think you've got some guys that you really need to figure out if they're the guy. I think you have uh, plenty of guys that you can put in as in a, within a rotation. But, I mean, you've got – okay, now this is just spitballing, but you've got a little dude named Jerry Green that you drafted in sixth round. You've got, you know, obviously Kamoko Ture that you're looking to get back on the field and become a stud next year. All this stuff. Ben Banigou, Justin Houston, Alkadi Muhammad. You've got lots of pieces at that position. I don't know. I, I think that I let him go. I think I let uh, Jabal Sheard go. But he's been a stud. At the same time, you know, Chris Boward might really, really appreciate uh, everything that he does for this team in terms of uh, the leadership aspect. So uh, let's look at uh, Josh Andrews, the uh, center basically. And I thought he did an excellent job for, uh, you know, and let's put kind of the offensive line all together here. Um, and there's a lot more UFAs, you know, Jonathan Williams is one. I don't think that he's really a priority for the Colts. Um, Haig, Josh Andrews. Uh, we've also got Raven Clark, like I mentioned earlier, these guys all depend on, you know, what they could potentially, uh, do for this team. And I think they're all quality depth. I think they're worth resigning. Um, do any of these guys think that they can get more money somewhere else? Uh, 
maybe a better opportunity to start. I think, honestly, perfectly honest with you, I think it's completely conceivable, excuse me, completely conceivable that Andrews or Haig could start for this team next year at guard, at right guard. Now, Andrews has been primarily this back, the backup for, for Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly had a good year when Andrews was in. Andrews played really well. The Colts have been pretty lucky in that regard at center, or yeah, at center uh, in recent years. Their backups have come in and done a really damn good job. Uh, but I think Joe Haig could could battle Glowinski. I don't think Glowinski impressed anybody this year. The Colts could look to upgrade significantly at that position. There are a couple free agents that are available that could really help them a lot at right guard. Um, and I think that is one of the things that will play into it. I still think you get a guy who's diverse like uh, Joe Haig to come back because he does have the ability to fill in at multiple spots, all of the ultimately all of the offensive line spots. Um, the Raven Clark is a head scratcher for me. Athletic, been there. He was inactive, though, almost all year. Uh, I don't know that he touched the field at all. I don't think he did uh, after the preseason. So, I mean, you, you got to figure out there. Is he the successor to Anthony Costanzo? I don't think so. But at the same time, you know, he might get himself another contract uh, if, if the Colts don't have Anthony Costanzo this year. So, uh, but, you know, I think they could potentially see Joe Haig as a, as a left tackle opportunist there, uh, if nothing else, as, uh, as backup, as a backup. So the, in, the offensive line guys are, are, you know, interesting, but none of them, in my opinion, are guys, oh my God, we want him back. I don't know. Joe Haig's that next lineman that comes in almost all the time, whether it's to beef up the line, whether it's to give, uh, you know, Quentin Nelson a break, uh, to run the ball for some reason, you know, silly stuff like that. They've, they've done that for him. Um, we'll kind of close here in terms of the free agency part for the Colts on Clayton Gathers. Quite honestly, he's another one to me, and he's he's similar to Jabal Sheard, but not for the same reasons that I'd want him back. Clayton Gathers is, is okay at safety. The problem is is that the Colts' safety group is just okay right now. Uh, they've got some guys that can play. They've got you know Malik Hooker, who still hasn't shown his complete potential. Uh, I don't think he's even co close to his potential. Um, but Gethers was starting for this team this year. And I just don't think that he gives the Colts a, a good coverage option. And let's face it, the Colts, again, were okay against the run. Pretty good this year. Not bad. You know, they let some big games go. Uh, but all, ultimately, the Colts were pretty decent against the run for the majority of games and the majority of the season. I I just, I'm not, uh, I'm not impressed with Clayton Gathers. There's free agency options out there that you can bring in. Maybe you've got a young guy or two on the practice squad or as a future contract that you think might be able to step in and provide what Clayton Gathers does. But he really ultimately doesn't offer much of anything in coverage. I mean, almost nothing. And he's a pretty good run defender. I think I think that's very replaceable, to be perfectly honest with you. So I'm out on Clayton Gathers as well. Um, at the same time, he's pretty cheap. And he may not, you know, pull for much more. But he's 28 years old. Uh, I just he hasn't done anything to me to earn, you know, another contract um, for for the Colts. So I, I'm out on Clayton Gathers. I think he's replaceable, and I think the Colts feel that way as well. To be perfectly honest with you, so uh, I'm going to take a quick break here, guys, and we're going to get into some other stuff uh, around the NFL's uh, options here at some free agency parts. Some guys that the Colts may want to look at on their own roster uh, who will be coming up on another contract that we'll be talking about in free agency possibly next year. Uh, just a few, and then, uh, and then we'll wrap it up. So uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. 
We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial Series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial Series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it. Then, in that moment, you don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done, and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of, like, afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. Uh, let's talk about uh, some of the free agents around the NFL right now. Let's talk about the offensive line. Now, that's kind of fresh in my head right now. We'll talk about a couple guys here that could really do, you know, some some big things for the Colts here, really kind of take them to the next level. Um, there's a lot of age in this, okay? And there's a lot of – there's a couple guys on here too that are probably going to get re-signed by their teams. So, you know, a lot of teams right now are saying yeah, – or let's say Anthony Costanzo wasn't talking about retirement. They would be talking about him right now. And we're going to talk about a couple of these guys right now, but I think a lot of these teams feel they're going to be resigned. One of them in particular is Brandon Sheriff for me. Uh, I loved him coming out of the draft. He's a he's a mauler. He's just an, he's an ass kicker to be perfectly honest with you. He is 28 though, and you know he's had some injury issues. Not I wouldn't say a lot, but you're going to find that just about anywhere along the offensive line. I think that's what makes Anthony Costanzo quite honestly so impressive is that he's so durable. And has just he just never is out, it seems. Uh, but Scherf is there. He could really tighten up that right guard spot for the Colts. I mean, a lot. That would be a very, very impressive offensive line, I think. Um, I would not put it past him getting re-signed at all uh, by the Redskins. It just, it just seems like a stupid move for them to move on from him. Unless they feel he's too too much. How much the, Col uh, how much the Redskins really want to kind of you know push past the current uh the current roster and all that stuff i just don't see that happening uh ryan bulaga he's a right tackle i don't he's had a lot of injury issues he's 31 also pass on that jack conklin he's going to get re-signed in my opinion i don't see how they wouldn't re-sign him um you know, i mean to the titans it just doesn't make any sense uh there's another guy andrew whitworth he's almost 40 years old he's 38 so that's a crazy one. Now, Ron Leary from Denver, 31, He the, the team has an option on him uh, coming into uh, next year. So that's kind of up in the air whether he's even a free agent or not. Uh, there's a lot of guys that fall into this, you know, I would say high, high age or close to, to high age. But, you know, one of the things is if they can stay healthy – then you've got something, you know, that's possibly there. A few tackles, uh, Daryl Williams, uh, one of the younger, Greg Robinson also. I don't think that either one of them really um, are, are coming uh, free, to be perfectly honest with you. I think they're going to both be held on to. Um, Eric Flowers, we don't want nothing to do with him. Um, but there's some other guys that are kind of under the radar here that, uh, that might. Uh, Andrus Pete. He's a left guard, uh, if I'm not mistaken right now. I don't think he goes anywhere. B.J. Finney uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's 28 also. There's D.J. Humphreys. Um, he's a left tackle, actually. I'm sorry. But there's a bunch of guys in here that are kind of middle of the road, 
um, all 26 to 29, you know, that, that, that situation where you're just not sure. Max Garcia is another one. Um, uh, just Jason Spriggs, you know, tackle for Green Bay. He's moved in a little bit and in, in back and forth. Lots of guys here that I think that the Colts could look at in free agency uh, along the offensive line. I just don't think that a lot of it is probably going to to come up. And I don't think the, you know, the guys don't become free agents for a reason. It's because their team really loves them. So we'll have to see what comes of that. And uh, we'll have to just figure it out, you know, as it comes around. I don't know that we'll have too much to worry about with what the Colts have. But, you know, the Colts have depth. They need guys that can start, I think. And we need a guy that can honestly uproot Glowinski because Glowinski wasn't great this year. He had a great year last year, not a great year this year. Who is he? We need to know. Did, did he was he did he just insanely peak uh, in the 2018 season? It's quite possible if you ask me. So uh, let's talk about uh, wide receiver right now. A lot of guys that were not, you know, really going to probably get a chance on. You've got A.J. Green. Uh, he's UFA, but do the Bengals let him go? I don't know. What are they going to have to pay him? He didn't pay, play it all this year, hardly, uh, if at all. I don't think he did. So he's going to be expensive, and he's 32 years old. Same with Emmanuel Sanders. He's going to be expensive. He's 33 uh, if he comes free. Amari Cooper, does he come free with them needing so much contract work with Dak Prescott and all that other stuff? I think he probably doesn't. Um, Randall Cobb, he's a 30-year-old. Robbie Anderson, to me, is very interesting. He's in the Jets. They don't have a lot of ties to really anybody. He's a guy that can give the Colts another deep threat. Um, he's definitely a big play receiver. Five touchdowns this year. I mean, I, I really feel like he's you know pretty decent. He had almost 800 yards with a crap offense for the majority of the season. So he's a guy that I would want to keep my eyes on uh, as well. So, you, I mean, Danny Amendola, too old, right? But, you know, available. You know, some of these other guys that, that are here, uh, I mean, just after that, it gets really thin, folks. It gets really thin. And especially on, uh, you know, some of the some of the guys who are, are big play guys. But you've got, you know, potential with Richard Higgins. He's a guy who's very, very interesting to me. Okay, I, I think some of those guys could be, you know, could could do something. Uh, Cody Latimer, don't know what he had a couple touchdowns this year, three hundred yards, three four hundred yards receiving, nothing super, but there's a lot of guys in here that I think can be realistic and and significant. Uh, I would say contributors. So you have to weigh the options there. Uh, what do they offer you? Where do they? Uh, kind of where do they where do they fit you know do, are they better contributors more impressive contributors than what the Colts have right now I don't know another one I want to look at is safety okay now you're looking for guys that can come in here and and be impressive some guys who are going to be worth your time guys who might not go uh you know what we don't know who's going to be resigned we just don't um Anthony Harris, to me, is one of my favorites. He was a guy that I was really impressed with coming out in the draft. Uh, he ended up getting the starting spot there in, in uh, Minnesota. I love Anthony Harris. I don't care what anybody says. I love him. I had him as a possible second or third. I think he was drafted, actually, in the third round, now that I think of it. A lot of people had him in the fourth or fifth round. Um, he was a guy that I was really impressed with. I thought I saw him as a, a second or a third round uh, draft because he just was so he's such a he's so good in reaction so good in making plays he's definitive in what he wants to do he's smart uh, I, I loved him perfectly honest with you Justin Simmons is another one does he come free or not out of Denver you don't know um, how about Von Bell I mean you know kind of stuff like this these guys are high tackle guys haha Clinton Dix Rodney McLeod Trey Boston is a guy who's been free agent for a long time, right? You know, I don't know what he's doing, if anything at all. Jimmy Ward, does he come free or get re-signed? I mean, a lot of guys in this 
uh, in the safety group right now that really are, I think, could be improvements on what the Colts uh, currently have back there. And it would not hurt my feelings to watch some of them, you know, go after uh, after or I'm sorry, it would be it wouldn't hurt my feelings to watch Clayton Gathers go with some of the other guys that uh, that are, you know, pretty impressive in the in this area. Uh, what do the Colts have, you know, to look forward at cornerback? Are they going to bolster their their way through here? Maybe James Bradbury. You know, he's only 27. Had a few interceptions this year. Pretty decent uh, along the line as a tackler. Nothing super duper. Played 15 games this year for for Carolina. Uh, Bradley Roby probably going to get re-signed by Houston if I had to guess. If not, that's a guy you really want to look at, in my opinion. Real good. Now, what about Ronald Darby? Another guy, uh, not a huge tackler. So that's kind of what you want to think about here is, is scheme and stuff like that. I don't know if Ronald Darby necessarily fits what uh, Frank Reich would want as a guy to come up and be physical, but there are some opportunities. There are some options. Uh, I think Brashad Breeland had a pretty damn good year this year, played all 16 games for Kansas City. Uh, there's, I think there's plenty of guys here too that the Colts can look at to bolster this roster. Um, it, there's – some guys you would look at that are older that you could possibly, uh, you know, m- maybe bring in. I just don't know if they're, they're worth it at that age. Uh, some guys that have had some, some rough years, you know, uh, McKenzie Alexander would be one of them. A guy that was, I think ultimately a first round pick, um, but just didn't do much at all this year. If I'm not mistaken, only had one interception, uh, less than 40 tackles actually. So not, not nothing to, to really, go crazy about there but uh you know and and just I think that the Colts need another piece in the secondary I think they need another piece with their uh with their their cornerback group I really really do so this is going to be a situation where you you look at who can come in and be better than what our what maybe third corner is that can really challenge for a number two starter that's all up in the air. Um, Edge, there's you know, you know Yannick Ngakwe, who's a guy who's going to be looked at considerably. Uh, Leonard Williams is a defensive end uh, right now in New York. Shaq Barrett, is he going to get re-signed? Probably. Good God, I would presume he does. Um, Shaq Lawson, even you know for Buffalo, Bud Dupree, all these guys, you know maybe they've already gotten uh, new contracts and they're just not updated, but. There's there's plenty of these guys who can give the Colts some extra pass rush. Chris Jones, not a run play, not a run defender, obviously in Kansas City, but 26 years old. Yannick Ngakwe, again, I just I, there, there's some options for the Colts to look at. How about Matt Judon from Baltimore? There's going to be some options if they want to bring them in. I think that that kind of alleviates some of the pressure on trying to bring back Jabal Sheard if you can get a guy who might match about 80% of Jabal Sheard's uh, run-stop ability but has the real ability to rush the passer because that's ultimately what the Colts need. They need a wave, platoons of pass rushers, and they need them to be better against the run. So another year of coaching up, maybe the Colts feel that they've got that. We'll have to see what all comes of that. So there's a few free agents just for your ear hole. Uh, that the Colts might be interested in bringing in this year. You know, maybe we'll talk about I don't really want to get into the quarterback position because I just don't feel like they're going to do anything of note at quarterback. I just don't. Um, but let's look at the 2021 guys real quick before we get out of here. Uh, there's a couple guys who are going to be up for new contracts. Uh, T.Y. Hilton is one. Justin Houston probably by that time is going to be too old. But there's a lot of guys. I'm just going to run through this group real quick because I think that you're going to see how much of these guys and how much the Colts actually have for how them how much work they've got cut out for them for this year in the draft. Why this is such a a needy draft and free agency period because they've got a lot of guys. And next year is going to be big in free agency as well. They've got a lot of guys coming up for contracts, uh, uh, primarily depth guys, but they've got some big-name guys. Jacoby Brissett, T.Y. Hilton, Justin Houston, Danico Autry, Marcus Marcus Hunt, uh, Hooker, where the team has the option on. They're going to give him the fifth-year option to let him 
you know, kind of play out his contract, I think, unless he just completely craps the bed this coming year in 2020. Ryan Kelly, obviously, he's going to get, you know, his extension. Quincy Wilson, Marlon Mack, Grover Stewart, Chad Williams, Anthony Walker, Alkady Muhammad. Those guys are all unrestricted. Uh, I'm going to talk to you just about a couple here. T.Y. Hilton, he's already proved to me, yes, he's 31. Yes, he still has it. Uh, if he can stay healthy this year, I think you hook him up, you know, maybe in training camp or something, uh, kind of, you know, maybe even at the, you know, at some point you hook him up with a new deal. He's already proved that he can, he is, he is not that typical guy who's going to get a bunch of money and not play. Okay. Uh, and he's crucial right now for the Colts. The Colts simply just don't have a number one or anything close to it at the position. So, you, you do what you got to do to lock him up for another few years, a couple years or whatever, and hope that he can give you some of that. And hopefully maybe even he, you know, shoots down to a number two option if you can draft and uh, work through free agency effectively. Uh, another guy uh, that I want to look at is Marlon Mack. Now, right now, I think it makes sense because he's cheap that you might want to consider giving him, you know, uh, an extension. I'm, I'm not on board with that. I mean, Marlon Mack had a very, very good year this year, okay? I worry about these guys that are that are this young, that are running backs, giving them extensions. I worry about it. It just, to me, it's one of those things that you just have to be very, very careful about. I want to see him. I want, to see, I want to, him to have another year. Can you continue to rise? Can you continue to improve? And if so... You hook him up when you feel you've got that answer. I don't know that the Colts have that answer right now. Yes, he I mean, he was injured a little bit this year. You talked to Chris Ballard. He loved him because he played through so much of it. Um, I'm just not doing it right now with him. I have no problem doing T.Y. Hilton. Um, I'm waiting, and I'm uh, kind of sitting on my hands for a little bit with Marlon Mack. Not because he doesn't have the big playability, because he does. Not because he hasn't improved physically as a runner, because he has. The beginning of this year, I was just said, hey, you're not going to get Marlon Mack fighting for extra yards once he's had contact. This year, he did much better with that. I was very happy with him for doing that. I want to see that he can come into next year and be dominant. The Colts, look, we talk about the Colts running game. The Colts, I mean, good God. If if you saw, I mean, the 6'3 the running backs, with the power and speed of Derrick Henry don't grow on trees. So let's not pretend they do. But that's a dominant running game right there. You have that guy. Now, I'm I'm saying you mix that with him. He can continue to build his power, continue to you know get his strength and, and maintain his speed and his vision. I just don't want to give him a reason to step back, honestly. That, that's, that's all it's all about. I think Marlon Mack is an excellent running back. Uh, I don't think necessarily as much as others that running backs grow on trees. I don't, I don't really feel that way that you can just plug one in anytime you want. The Colts have proven that you can't, you know, other teams, you know, seem to be able to prove that you can, uh, the Colts haven't done that. Uh, Marlon Mack was a good pick. He's been a good running back. He's improved every year. He had a really good year in 2019. I don't want to give him a reason to take a step back. Quite honestly, make him start his season under his contract see what he can do, and if he proves it to you, hook him up. I have no problem with that. Uh, Anthony Walker Jr., kind of the same thing with him. The Colts have a really impressive uh, linebacking core right now. Um, I mean, Leonard Williams, you know, Anthony Walker, uh, I, I think that they've got some of the younger guys coming up uh, for sure that look like they're real impressive as well. Um, but it's kind of the same thing with Anthony Walker. He's he started towards the end of the season being better fundamentally, better mechanically, uh, better in, in coming off blocks, better in, in actually reading and not just becoming a, a striking plate for the run, lead back or, or a, a uh, lineman. I want to see him, again, continue to improve. I think Anthony Walker has quite a bit of room for improvement in terms of actually within the game. Uh, I'm not giving him one until he, you know, can really prove that he's uh, he's the guy. So I, I think that if you pair him and and uh, Darius Leonard for the next couple years, obviously, you know you've got Okariki coming up, who's who looks like he could be a stud as well. I just think you wait a little bit. Again, don't give him a reason to step back. 
he weight fluctuations um often on decent uh terrible in uh coverage back and forth you know that those kind of things i want to see him put it all together uh i think motivation is getting that next contract and when that next contract is had some of that motivation goes away and that worries me uh i don't know i'm not saying that these guys are money hungry that they would do that whether him or mac i just want to give them a reason to fall into that category so that's kind of the guys that I look at on there that, that really kind of, you know, pique my curiosity, you could say, in, in that regard. But um, uh, the only one that I'm really given an extension to at this point is Hilton. He's the only guy who's proved that he can go through a second contract, and that was one of the things with him. When he gets a second contract, does he actually deserve it? Does he continue to build? Well, he did. He kicked ass. So, yeah. I mean, that's obviously not his mindset. He's going to come in and work because he's got it. So do what you got to do with T.Y. Hilton to keep him around because Colts don't have nothing behind him uh, if you look at it realistically in terms of somebody that can step into his role. So uh, if he's gone, your, your wide receiver group's pretty much gone. But uh, that's all we got for today, folks. Uh, we're going to come back maybe with another show this week. Going to try and kind of space these out a little bit until we really start hard knocking some free agency and uh and nfl draft stuff for the colts but um make sure you guys are getting to uh stampede blue for all your indianapolis colts news and notes make sure you guys are going please go to itunes give us a rating review very much appreciative of that uh make sure you guys are checking out the rest of the podcast we have here on the audio side and uh hopefully we'll have uh some good content coming up here pretty soon on the audio side as well uh, as we get closer to free agency and the nfl draft starts to heat up so uh, thank you guys all for listening we'll talk to you next time right here on the colts cast stampede blue